Jim. 
pot of warm water and he'll swim around in it or sit there, but you gradually warm the water up to boiling and the, the frog doesn't even notice it because the change has been so gradual. And I'm told that a frog will stay in there until he's boiled to death rather than jump out because of that gradual process. And what happens with frogs can happen to us. Our world worships at the God of tolerance. And when we as Christians quote John 14.6 that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and the only way to the Father, saying that Jesus is the only way, the world calls us intolerant of those other religions. How dare we say that that's a sin? And, and the pressure is on us to conform. And I believe Daniel understood that pressure to conform, and Daniel resisted. And, and let's look at the pressure that he had. He was trained for three years. The officials gave them new names, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were to eat at the king's table. <laughs> and hopefully at the end of that three years, those four would be indoctrinated and they would conform. See, the pressure was to conform them intellectually, learn the language, learn the literature, learn the history, to conform religiously, eat the food, drink the wine, learn their religious dietary laws and identity. They changed their name from their Hebrew Jewish names to Babylonian names. So Nebuchadnezzar was trying to change their whole identity and to get rid of any influence of their past. To get rid of the reminders of their godly roots and their godly heritage and to give them a brand new identity. See, Nebuchadnezzar is a, is a sharp man who knew what he was doing to these young men trying to influence them. But it doesn't work on Daniel and his friends. It says in, in Daniel, he resolved not to defile himself. Does that describe you? How have you responded to the pressures of culture? Have you resolved not to give in on your biblical values? Here in the words of Paul in Romans 12, 1 and 2, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what is in God's will, that which is good and pleasing and perfect will. See, it's a reminder to us that we need to refuse to compromise. We need to refuse to give in. The Bible says, Daniel, stay true to his God. I like the illustration about Mark Twain where he left the Mississippi River boat to be a reporter in Carson City, Nevada. If you don't know about me, I'm all of a sudden hooked on Death Valley Days and uh, Zane Gray Theater, so people wonder if my, my TV is even color anymore. I think my son was apologizing to the cousin that came and stayed with us this weekend that we do have color TV. But while in Carson City, Nevada, Twain wrote an old friend saying, it's a den of thieves, wild women, 24-hour gambling, certainly not a good place 
for a good Presbyterian. So I am no longer a Presbyterian. <laughs> Isn't that the way we handle it sometimes? When we're asked to stand up for Christ? So first of all, resist the world's pressure, and second, resist the world's philosophy. See, the wisdom of God is greater than the wisdom of the world. That was discovered in a test on Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they were told to eat at the king's table, to eat the food offered to pagan idols, to drink the wine and the alcohol, and Daniel made a deal with his supervisor Take this test, and many of you may have heard of a Daniel test for dieting and, and food eating habit changing, but he said, Sir, let us eat our food of our homeland, of our God, and at the end of ten days, compare us to the other young men and see what had happened. So it says in verse 17 of chapter 1 that these four men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, they could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. And they discerned what was right and what was wrong and stayed true to their faith. And when the king examined them, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the best-looking specimens from the test. So what we see here, that they got a win for the good guys, that God's philosophy won and God's truth wins when lined up with the world's wisdom. What happens is, also when compromise doesn't work, Satan turns the heat up and moves into intimidation. So it goes from compromise, and if you don't get there, then intimidation comes. See, we need to remember, God tests the faith to develop it. God tests his children because a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. Did you hear me? A faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. And a false faith, when tested, withers. And while true faith goes deeper and the roots grow and it brings glory to God. And that is why God permitted the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to be thrown into a fiery furnace. Why? They wouldn't worship a, a 90-foot golden image of Nebuchadnezzar. And they were given a choice. Worship the statue or be thrown in the furnace. And these three Hebrews stood tall. They didn't bow because of their faith in one, the one true God. See, faith is obeying God regardless of our feelings within. Faith is obeying God regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of the consequences. See, true faith isn't frightened by threats. True faith obeys and trusts Him to work out the consequences in our life. And these three Hebrews were told, you shall have no other God. You shall not bow down to them or serve them in Exodus 20. To them, once God spoke on the matter, the matter was settled. See, Nebuchadnezzar had forgotten about earlier. He had told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that their God was the, the God and the Lord of all lords in Daniel chapter 2, verse 47. And here he is now prepared to throw them into the fiery furnace. And he says to them, 
Who shall deliver you out of my hands? Shall your God? And we see in the life of these three men true faith. True faith that confessed the Lord and obeyed him regardless of the consequences. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were determined to be different and to trust God even if God did not deliver them. They were thrown into the fire. All their clothes were burned off. The people that threw them in were killed. But when they looked in, they saw not three, but four. And the fourth, we believe, was the pre-incarnate presence of Jesus. They walked out of that fiery furnace, and everyone, including King Nebuchadnezzar, affirmed their God. Because their act of faith, they became witnesses to a whole empire and encouraged the other Jews in captivity. Also, the other thing we need to understand is we need to resist the world's religions. We need to resist the world's religions. Daniel, probably in his 80s, is, uh, is serving King Darius now, and the people that are in the government want to get rid of Daniel because of his honesty and, and because of his religion. So they set up a trap, encouraging the king to sign a proclamation that nobody could pray to anybody but King Darius for 30 days. Why they set that up? Because they knew that Daniel prayed three times a day in his window facing towards Jerusalem in Daniel 6.10. And so they set this up so that Daniel would be caught. The king signed on, and once the king signed, the declaration couldn't be broken. But what we see in Daniel's life is the most important part of the believer's life is that which God sees. His private thoughts and his private prayers and meditation. Daniel started each day with prayer, just like it's important for us to start each day with prayer, looking for the Lord's promises. Because if we start with prayer, the old saying is true, often outcome or outlook determines our outcome. And if we start with an outlook of prayer, it will determine our outcome. And when we look for the Lord for guidance each day and help each day, we know that our outcome is in His hands and we have nothing to fear. And Daniel continued to pray. And the king couldn't change the law. And we know what happened. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. He survives all night with those lions. The king is relieved to find him the next morning alive. And the king throws Daniel's accusers in the lion's den. Now, let's look at Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How were they able to handle the Satan's attack of compromise, of intimidation, when the heat was turned up? I believe the key is that Daniel and his three friends had already determined what they were going to do. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had resolved in their, in their hearts and minds to remain faithful to God, the God of Israel. So that no matter the amount of the world's pressure or training and re-education into the world's philosophy of tolerance and compromise, no matter how much intimidation into accepting the world 
men resolved to remain faithful. And because they had resolved to remain faithful, God rewarded them by proving that their diet was best, by saving them from the fiery furnace and saving them from the lion's den. They found strength in each other. They made a commitment together as friends that their future decisions would be made in advance, such as diet, such as what they would worship, and to not stop the habit of praying. And it's a good example for us to find strength in a community of believers and to make